This is Foolish Adventure, episode 35, Overcoming Analysis Paralysis. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I'm Izzy Hyman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and mentor and buddy and, I don't know, sidekick? I'm just <laughs> kidding. I know you don't like that one. Tim Conley. Hey, Tim. Hello, Mr. Hyman. Hello. Oh, man, that's so formal. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody's been greeting me in, me, in my email as... Uh, They've been saying, hey, Izzy, what's up? <laughs> They've been saying, what's up to me? That's how they, and then they always put LOL afterwards because that's become the thing you started. Right. Uh, which wasn't uh, the intention. That that was never the intention until we did that show where we actually did our live stream show and some people commented on the whole what's up thing and said they liked it. So I did it a few more times and then it just became this whole running joke and so now i figured today i'd have to you know do something, do a, little something different. a little different would you say greetings mr hyman something like that <laughs> hello mr hyman hello mr hyman oh man that's a little too formal for us well okay so today we're going to shake it up once again we're going to shake it up a little bit and instead of doing our normal segment where we respond to a specific voicemail or comment or email what we're going to do is kind of respond to a lot of different comments all at the same time. And that's the general comment that we've been receiving is that folks are enjoying the show because it feels like they're eavesdropping in on a conversation that we're having. And it kind of is. That's exactly what's going on. It's like we pick a topic to actually just sit down and talk about. And hopefully, (laughs) well, hopefully the the information is still valuable. I think it is. I mean, I, if I was somebody who had an internet business and I had the chance to listen on these conversations that we have, then I would take that opportunity because even though we kind of take the long way around, you know, we take the scenic route every time we're to getting topic, to something yes. because there's not one place that we're headed. We're just sort of enjoying the journey through the conversation. It's not like, hey, we need to get to this point and this point and this point. We don't do that. We don't even have, we, we usually don't have bullet points or anything like that. We just kind of, we're just sort of riffing. Yeah, we just kind of cover a, cover a topic. There, there was a, a recent review of our show, and the guy said we we you know talked about all these different things, and then kind of and we come to like this predefined conclusion. That that's what he got out of right, right, out right. of our. It's like oh really? Because uh, yeah, it's actually not super predefined because it actually isn't predefined hardly ever at all. I don't it, think. It's actually, it never is. Never is. It, <laughs> It's it's us talking about a topic, and then right before we close the show, we go, "Oh my gosh, we better wrap this up." <laughs> yeah, and and go, "Okay, what were we talking yeah, about yeah, to yeah. start off with?" <laughs> so so a lot of folks have been telling us that they enjoy the show because it's like listening in on a conversation. And I was just telling Tim right before the show started some of the reasons why I think that our conversation is interesting to. I know it's interesting to me, and I'm, I'm assuming it's interesting to you, Tim. Otherwise, you wouldn't even want to participate in this. <laughs> I know you, and uh, and. And so what Tim said is, okay, stop talking, let's hit record, and then continue with our conversation, basically. So that's what we're talking about right now. Yeah, this this actually is the continuation of a conversation we had just started right before turning the mics on. Okay, so when we left off, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. So so what, we're, what I was saying was that I think it's kind of interesting how Tim and I have such different backgrounds. Tim has never worked in, quote, corporate America. He's always, you've always been, as you say, unemployable. Yeah, uh, even when I was working for other people. When you were working, okay. I worked for corporate America for years. Actually, this is, 
this is something that I haven't, I don't think I've really shared on the show. And that is that when I first got married, you know, I was 23 years old when I got married, I got married young. And when I first got married, I decided I was going to be a financial advisor. And so I got insurance license and securities license and stuff like this. And I went into uh, insurance and mutual funds and stuff like that. And I tried to make a living at that. And I actually did that for several years, five, five years, six years, something like that. Five years, I think. Then, uh, and then it it didn't work out. I ended up basically having, I, I failed. So I basically had to go and get a job. So I went and got a job. That's exactly what happened. And I got a job with a little uh, recruiting firm. And then from there, I went to go work for a big Fortune 1000 company and as a salesperson and then moved my way up as a sales manager. And then, but all the time, I'm like, I really miss that idea of being self-employed. But back then, I really was self-employed. I worked for myself. Right. You know, a, so- lot, a lot of salespeople do, you know, when you're on commission and, and there are, there are salespeople who their job is to represent multiple vendors. Yeah. So they, they truly are self-employed. You know, what's funny though, is that way back when I first got married and I was doing this insurance and mutual fund sales thing, I was, I think the reason why I failed, I, there's a whole bunch of reasons why I failed, but one of the main reasons why I failed was because I did not, I did not have a great work ethic. This is back in the day where this is like a common occurrence where I was supposed to be working, you know, supposed to right. be working and Noel was still in school. And so she would go off to school, go to her classes, her college classes. And when she left, I'd be playing a video game. Okay. <laughs> when she left, then she'd be gone all day. She'd work at school and then work at her job. And then she'd come back in through the front door and I'd still be playing that video game when she left. Yeah. That that's, you could see why I might've yeah. failed. Yeah. Yeah. Might, <laughs> might have yeah. had something to do with it. Yeah. That might've had something to do with it uh, because but, but you know, work is had, an important part of business, you know, but you, what you needed was like, like that one internet marketing program. That, <laughs> that that would have uh, you would have been able to sit there and play video games and it would have done all the work for you. There are people that make a living playing video games, although I'm not interested in video games anymore. But <laughs> I, I used to be back then. So so uh, yeah, that's so my background was the self employment thing, and then corporate America definitely, and then back to being a business owner. Your background is well. I started off, uh, you know, having a couple of odd jobs in you know as a teenager, but. Before that, you know, as as a young kid, uh, I, we didn't have my family had like no money. So if I ever wanted anything, I had to find a way to pay for it. So I would uh, back when you could actually go out and collect uh, bottles, you know, glass bottles. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember those? Yeah. I remember <laughs> you know, those. I'd go out and collect glass bottles and I and I would uh, put them in my wa- a little uh, wagon. And I would haul them up to... Wait a second. You were that kid with the wagon yes, and the bottles? Yes. I, I was that. And then I would, I would go there. I'd trade in all, uh, all those bottles. And whatever money I had, I would buy a gum, packs of uh, trading cards, and, and a, a, an assortment of things. And then I would take all that back. And then I'd set up my little uh, stand. And I would sell them... Uh, instead of like a lemonade stand, I to had kind kids of like in the a neighborhood. Yeah, to like, I had like a little convenience store uh, that that I made. It was, you could buy a piece of gum, you could buy whatever. It's your little bodega. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then I would uh, I would go to school with all this stuff too, and and so I wouldn't just sell a I wouldn't just buy a pack of cards for like twenty five cents and then sell the pack of cards for thirty five cents. I'd break it apart and sell the parts individually. And, and that, that's how I learned business was as a, a six and seven year old, you know, that, that's what I was doing. 
And then I would, uh, you know, that way I could get my matchbox cars and my GI Joes and, and, you know, I was living large on, on, on that, you know, it was like the best thing in the world for me. Then, then my dad <laughs> had, a, had his own construction company. So I work, uh, ended up working for him a lot. And, you know, I was a scrawny little kid, not much bigger now than I was when I was seven. So <laughs> that's an exaggeration for anybody just, that can't see him just a little, <laughs> uh, but you know, trying to do manual labor, watching my dad uh, work really hard, and and I and and I just looked at that and thought, you know, that is not the life for me. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to be that that uh, person who has to has to work really hard to get a meager living, and and I knew there had to be different ways out there, but I didn't really have. Um, any mentor that could say, "Hey, you know, take this entrepreneurial spirit and and make use of that." And what? So what I did was I, I said, oh, "I got to get. A, I've got to get out of uh, rural Illinois and joined the Air Force instead of going off to college." And once I got and so that that I so I had four uh, over four years of uh, Air Force time that really kind of got it in my head that. Uh, big organizations and me, we were like oil and water, you know, (laughs) because I couldn't, I couldn't be the best of who I was uh, so that they could get uh, the best of me and the, the parts that they wanted weren't even in me. So, you know, it was always a conflict. And, and once I got out of that kind of environment, I started immediately back into trying to be an entrepreneur again and testing all sorts of things. And when the internet came along, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, once it, once it hit economic viability. So for me, I started playing around with that in 1996 In 1995 mosaic uh, came out. Netscape uh, had its uh, gigantic uh, uh, IPO and, and Yahoo and all that stuff was just going nuts and I was like, okay, there, there really is something to this other than playing with bulletin boards and, 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 uh, and chat rooms and stuff at that time. And I thought, okay, this, this could be the thing that carries me in, into this whole new world. And, and it did. It, it like completely changed my life. So, I mean, that's awesome. And it kind of brings us to present. But I want to go back a little bit again okay. because, you know, I don't have any military experience. Uh, my father was in the military, but I wasn't. I know you were. That's another difference. Another thing is you've worked with hundreds of companies and I've worked with my own. And that's it. It's like I've never done consulting for other people and seen all kinds of different business models and all kinds of different business plans the way that you have. And just to give you an idea, my little brother was just like you. He was the guy that would go to the candy store, candy store, buy a bunch of candy and then come back to the neighborhood and sell it for double what he paid for it. Right. You know, he was entrepreneurial just like that from the very beginning. And you know, he does really well now. And then I'm, I was exactly the opposite of that. In fact, I was more of a, Oh, just, this is kind of embarrassing to say, I guess now, but this is who I was. You ready for this? So, so I had a best friend named Tommy. And on Saturdays, occasionally I'd go over to his house and we would have a lemonade stand out on the front 
front yard. And the whole point of the lemonade stand was to earn money and say, send it to save the whales. And that's what we did. We'd spend the whole day Saturday doing lemonade stands. And then he, and then sometimes I get like disillusioned. I'm like, I'm like, man, it's, you know, it's hot. Nobody's buying. And he would pull out the brochures of like the whales, oh you know, lined up on the beaches and stuff like this. And he, and so that's what we did. We were kids. I was like, I don't know, nine, 10 years old or something like that. And we're doing that. That's crazy. So that's my non entrepreneurial background. It's exactly the opposite. So you know what, though? I don't want to say it's exactly the opposite because, you know, giving giving back and doing charitable type stuff is part of it, too. Right. So, yeah. And going to like the stuff about the all, all the businesses that I've gotten the uh, opportunity and I'd say honor to just get to see the behind the scenes stuff that that's been huge because for me, being as kind of ADD that I am, you know, I'm all over the place. I really love ideas and, and seeing how things operate, but I, I never had this big picture sense of, and, and that didn't really develop until I got to see how each of all, uh, each of these businesses had almost the exact same things in common. You know, I used to think, well, every business is different. And then I realized, no, they're not. You know, they they may have a few nuances that make them different. They may have a, a different business model or whatever. But the whole mechanics of how how they all work from the smallest to the, you know, the the sales rep, you know, out earning a commission to the big corporation, it, it's, it's fundamentally the same. Just the scale's different. And and once once I saw that and I could see how things could scale then then that that really changed my perspective on on business see and i don't have that big picture view i've got my little picture view but it's a very i i think my picture view of my own business is very educational for me i've learned all kinds i mean you know i treat my business like a laboratory that i'm always running little tests here and there and i'm curious you know there are some tests that i go into knowing that it's going to it's going to like maybe lower my conversion rate or thinking that it might. Right. And then it turns out it does, or it turns out it doesn't like, it's crazy. I always have this idea of what's going to happen. And I just got done reading all this stuff about, about reciprocity and how, if you use reciprocity, then reciprocity, the idea that if you give away a lot, then you get a little bit back. And so I decided to take my final cut express course and then, and just make it totally available to people and just ask for their email opt-in after they've gone through the whole course. Well, my conversions immediately went down because they could just come, I guess they could just come watch the whole course and then not have to do anything as far as, but, but I'm testing it. Literally I'm testing it at the same time. Every other person sees a different version of this page. And what the other page says, you get chapter one for free. And then you have to opt in for chapters two, three, and four to see the rest of the course. And that one's getting right now as of like two or three days now and hundreds and hundreds of visitors to the site, uh, it's double the conversion rate of the reciprocity one where going into this, I would have thought for sure that reciprocity would have been the big converter. So this is me like using my, my business as a laboratory and testing different things. And, and you know, I, I would definitely not do anything that's going to totally destroy my business because it's my livelihood. Right. But I don't mind testing little things here and there and learning from it. Whereas you have this big picture thing and you could probably see all these different things that people have done before. And you might've even been able to predict ahead of time what was going to happen. In some cases, but then, yeah. uh, you know, I always tell you and, and we tell the listeners, right. Uh, test. Right. Because, test. Uh, you don't want to take something and make it, you know, like this big change 
may, uh, maybe, but uh, most of the time you don't want to make a gigantic change without having tested ahead of time. And, and, and for you, that, that's, that's really cool because it's one of the other differences between us is that like for my own business, I seldom ever test. Uh, I, I just don't. I, I, I don't care to. I find I find every operational side of my own business to be boring. <laughs> like like my my own business problems, I find them boring. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I know what I need to do. I'm uh, just too bored to do it. But with my clients, their business problems it could be exactly the same ones I'm having. But I'll I'll be like, oh, I love yours. And, right. and I'm super excited about And you'll run tests on their businesses. Oh, yeah. And I'll run all sorts of tests and, and I'll do all the, all the work necessary for a client. But for myself, I'm like, ah, you know, yeah, I could probably make more money if I just did this one little thing, but nah, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so and where you, you, you know, you've got your laboratory, your business, and it's like you're in there actually doing the testing and, and functioning on your business. And with me, it's like, ah, you know, I could and I could make some changes, but I find my stuff way too boring to work on. Uh, when I've got the time. If I found my stuff boring to work on, I'm not sure what I would do, honestly. So I, I'm glad I find my stuff exhilarating and exciting because it's what I do. It's where I spend my time. Not well, every aspect well, is fun. But, but see, like uh, in, in, in that where you have, you, you find the, all the little tweaking and stuff to be interesting in your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the actual production of, your, uh, of what you do, you know, that's what you actually love doing mm-hmm. in your business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I love making these videos and I come up with these cool ideas and I go out and I shoot, uh, shoot them and, and come back and edit them and all this stuff. And, and my part in my business is that where I'm working on someone else's business. Yeah. And, and, and I think maybe because I've spent the day working on someone else's stuff, that coming home and doing the exact same thing on my own uh, business. It's just like, oh, I don't want to do that again. I guess you could say these are just some of the differences between us differences in our background and who we are and kind of makes us a little bit different and this is what we kind of bring to this whole this whole internet business world for our discussion topic today uh, we're going to continue a conversation that we had yesterday in fact we're going to probably repeat little bits of it right and this is something that just spontaneously popped up in our conversation yesterday tim like these things frequently do for us and and it was another one of those that it would have been nice if we had had a mic. Yeah, because this won't be as good the second time yeah. around. So you should probably just stop listening right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Here we go. So I, I said, you know, we were talking about a specific thing, which I'm not going to reveal yet because that'll take away from the power of this. And I just want to kind of pick, I, I want you to sort of do an imagination game with me. Let's say that you as a listener, let's pretend that you're Stephen King, this famous author that you are. Uh, very well known, that you're very well respected, that you've got, I don't know, millions of readers, you make great money from it and all this stuff. And so this is who you are. And then you have a, a, a fan contact you and say, and say, uh, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of yours and I've followed you for years and years and years and I've learned so much from you and I, uh, I've bought everything you've ever created and I, um, I just have one very, very important question. And so you're getting this, you're getting this, I have one important question from you, 
uh, via email. Maybe they're calling to leave messages and they're just saying, please call me back. Please call me back. It's a very important, a very important question. So, so, you know, you think, oh, you know, I've got this raving fan. I think I'm going to go ahead and just take this. I'm going to respond to this call. So you pick up the phone, you give them a call and they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. This is my chance. I'm finally going to be able to ask you this question that's been burning. I want to do what you do so bad. And my question for you is, what word processor are you using to write? Yeah, it, that is what a lot of people are doing. And, and that's what we were talking about. Why did we talk about this? Uh, because a lot of people confuse the tool with success. And, and, and what we were talking, uh, what sparked the conversation was there is this launch that I, I found, not going to mention too much about it, but in, in this launch, they were talking about how they were doing like $15,000 a day in sales. And now they were going to teach people how they, how they made $15,000 a day in sales. And, and I know a it, bit about of the of what it takes to do what they were about to you know sell and it's really com- it, it is a fairly complex system and and then they had all these new and they were pitching this to newbies you know people who are new to the uh, to the internet world and and it's a very fairly complex thing requires lots of money and lots of testing uh, the ability to pay for some software things like that and they were just, uh, and one of the things they said was, you know, with just a click of a couple of buttons and, you know, and you've got money rolling in and it, and that doesn't happen. And, but because they're selling it that way, because they know people th- associate the tool or the system or the uh, course as the, as the one thing that's going to make them a success and not the thing that actually will make them a success. You know, Stephen King was made, uh, was uh, doing the work to become a writer before he ever had a word processor. Yeah. Yeah, he's been writing for years, you know, long, long, long time. Written, he's very prolific. I think he writes, I don't know how many books he's written, but lots, maybe 40, 50 different books. And so, yeah, you become a really good writer when you write 50 books. In fact, that's probably a really good way to become a good writer is to write 50 books, right? you know, but it's not just writing. It's anything. I mean, imagine this, you know, same, same kind of thing, except, uh, it's Michelangelo, right? So you're, you contact Michelangelo and you say, Oh my gosh, I want to do what you do. What kind of paintbrush are you using? You right. know, it's just people get focused on the or, tools yeah, so yeah. much. And what kind of paints? What like, kind of paints are you using? Yeah, you know, my paints would be so much better if I used the same paints. You know what? And there is, I, I, as a video professional, I have to say that tools can make an impact. They absolutely can. But that's not the biggest thing. And people think it's the biggest thing and they get hung up on it. They feel like, you know what, before I can make a membership site, I have to know which membership software I'm going to use. I have to decide between a member or wish list or a custom solution or any of these other things that are out there. Right. right. And I chose a member. That was the one I chose it basically. In fact, I chose it 100 percent because Don McAllister was using a member. And I thought, you know what, I'm not I'm just I'm not even I didn't even look at any other options. I didn't even research to see what else was out there. I just signed up with a member because it was working for him. And so I did it. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so but but it's all the other stuff that makes a membership site successful. It's not the mechanics, but you have to get the mechanics in place. But that's not the thing that makes it successful. 
Right. And we've talked about the book uh, uh, from 37 Signals, Rework. Uh, I'm currently reading uh, a book. I think it's called Do More Faster. Uh, Crap, I can't even think of the word, Uh, the title of it. Uh, It's on my Kindle, sitting there reading it. Uh, It's from the guys who started Techstars in Boulder, Colorado. Oh. And so they talk a lot about uh, things that software people do talk about iteration, meaning you do one element of one version, and then you keep refining it. You keep changing it according to the changes in your market, changes in customer use, uh, you know, bugs, (laughs) software has bugs in it. Uh, All software does. Uh, It's the same with your business. It's going to have bugs. It's go- it's going to need additional work. It's not going to be perfect out of the box. Never is. And and a lot of people think that, well, if I had the right tool, just that, you know, that one thing and, and it will be perfect. Well, it's not going to be. You know, it's always an interesting balancing act because on the one hand, you I, I don't feel comfortable saying, you know, create something that's junk and sell it. You know, I, I definitely don't feel comfortable saying that because number one, if you create we don't junk, we don't say uh, we don't even say that. Well, no, no, we don't say that. But but you know, so it, it's a it's a spectrum where you're like you're like we say all the time, just do something, get something started, release something, build a product, make it so it's valuable to people, but it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Right. So and then you can improve it over time. Well, and and let's let's define like that whole perfect thing. It will never be that, right? So it, it can it can never be perfect. It will never satisfy every one of your customers. It will never uh, satisfy your marketplace. It 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 just won't. It may be very successful, highly successful, but it will it will never be perfect. And and then actually, the more successful it becomes, the more people will come out of the woodwork to tell you how bad it is. Even as you continue to become more and more successful, you look, people hate Microsoft. Now that Apple has made this gigantic run and gotten uh, a huge, you know, just gigantic. Uh, what I think they're like uh, number two market capitalization now, uh, uh, right behind uh, GE or something. I think GE is the largest company. Hmm. And so they're right behind them. So Apple got huge fast. Yeah, Apple got huge and uh, really fast. And so now people are hating on Apple. Well, but people are still buying the products. People are, uh, people hate the, uh, the whole dropping of calls on an iPhone, but they'll go buy an iPhone instead of going and buying a phone that won't drop calls. So, so it, it will never be perfect. And so you have to learn to realize that w- uh, when you're, when you, hear yourself saying, oh, I wonder what tool I really need for this and, and go, okay, what can I do to just do the bare minimum to get out what people are actually going to buy, which is your content. It's going to be what you're going to teach them. That's what they're going to buy. The other stuff, the mechanical stuff is just sitting down, getting out, getting it out in the most minimum form that still supports the content. You know, it's funny because you'll never be a hundred percent satisfied with the tools anyway. Like, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where you could debate forever: which software am I going to use? Which software am I going to use? Then you finally make the decision, and then you and hate then, it. And then you're and you will always find deficiencies in it. I just got just a couple days ago, I got this this new video camera that I've been wanting for a long time, and I'm already experiencing deficiencies in it that I wish it did. 
that it doesn't do. But I still think it's the coolest camera right now, right? <laughs> In that price range. So, so, but I'm, you know, it's one of those things where you're always going to see the deficiencies. You'll always see. So don't stress about that. Don't worry about that. And for, and for goodness sake, don't wrap yourself up and become obsessed with being able to make these decisions because you got you want to make the absolute perfect decision before you get started. Pick something. Pick something that other people are using that's working for them and just use that. You know, don't spend your, I guess, psychological cycles use or doing research on which software you should use when you, a better thing to research is how can I create compelling content? You know, how can I build an audience? How can I run a business? How can I become a better trainer, teacher, video shooter, cake decorator, whatever those right. kinds of things. Right. And so we, we've talked about like, don't focus on the tools. So what should we focus on? Yeah. Well, that's what I was kind of just getting into a little bit, but what, what do you, what do you think? Well, if you're a writer or you intend to write, say uh, you figure, oh, blog, a, a blogging platform is going to be the best for me. Or even if it's say an ebook platform where you want to write much longer pieces or emails. Yeah. Or, or an e- uh, email uh, system. So you could, you could focus on the writing because because it, it really doesn't matter the delivery uh, that that's just a that, mechanism uh, that falls under a different type of business model mm-hmm. like how you're going to deliver the product mm-hmm. but the the product the actual product is the writing so to create great writing you need to write uh, you can you need to learn about writing and practice writing and evaluate your writing Right and write, mm-hmm. <laughs> just 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 flat out write. I I write. I I don't think I'm that great a uh, great of a writer. Not even a good writer. Uh, horrible grammar. The whole works. But I write because I, I can get across the idea that I that I want to get across, and and I'm fairly comfortable in that medium. So I sit down and write, but. That's not my main my main focus. My main focus is doing consulting. So I sit sit back and and I work with clients. Uh, that's my medium, and and so I work to get good at that. I like this. I think hopefully this is a sort of an eye opener for you know because we've had people even comment and say that they've got analysis paralysis. They've even said. I have analysis paralysis. I'm trying to decide between this software or that software. I'm trying to decide between to sell this type of product or that type of product. And you know what? You can, when it comes to products, uh, that's actually an important decision to make. So I can understand, you know, but you can get something out there and learn from it. I have a DVD that I started selling several years, uh, I don't know, three years ago or whatever. And it was an absolute flop. Guess how many more DVDs I'm going to be producing? My membership's great. My DVD, in fact, I'm thinking I'm going to take it off the market because I don't even really like it anymore. You know, (laughs) it represents my, quote, early work, which I'm not super happy with. So, so, uh, you know, my standards are higher and my skill sets higher and all this stuff. So, you know, you can change your products. You can change your products. You can change your whole company's direction. Uh, Tim, aren't there? I mean, I, I can't. Right now, in the heat of this, while we're actually talking, I can't think of a company that started in one direction to end up changing changing their direction totally and completely, and now they're known for something else. Is there anything that you can think of? Oh gosh, uh, trying to name name one. Um, unfortunately, there's there's so many. Like most businesses are like that. Yeah, I mean, like, so unless you're like a plumber, you you went out, became a plumber, and started a plumbing company. Well, what do you do? Well, I do plumbing, and uh, seldom do those companies go that way. Uh, tech companies, internet companies, most of them, they start off as one thing 
and then end up completely different uh, within just uh, sometimes within months of after starting because no one liked their product and they had to they had to completely change what they were doing. Uh, uh, Thirty Seven Signals uh, they started off as a web design company and uh, morphed from a web design company to a software company. Uh, you know, and and they became significantly more successful when they changed their business model. That's a good example of one. So in other words, don't get, maybe even don't even get too super hung up on that question. Just get started doing something. And we have things coming, you know, we have things coming soon that will help. But that's, I'm not going to say too much about that. More yeah. to come. All right. My pick of the week this week, Tim, is a website that I just started. Uh, actually, I haven't been re- really reading the website. I just went there and signed up for their newsletter e-course and I'll just go ahead and tell you what it is. It's okay. from it's remarkablecommunication.com. This is uh, the website of Sonia Simone, who I have sort of recently, believe it or not, recently discovered. She's one of the head um, editors. I think she might be like the head, the actual head editor of Copyblogger. Cool. So, so I read her articles on Copyblogger.com, and I thought, you know, I'm going to follow one of her links over to her website one day. And then I I went to her website and read a couple articles. Really liked it. Signed up for her newsletter. She's got a a ten uh, a 10 email. It's, it's, you get a series of 10 emails that talk about remarkable communication and how to do like email newsletters and write and do some writing and how to get yourself unstuck if you're having a hard time writing and, you know, a bunch of stuff like that, which I have found to be extremely helpful. And it's funny because as I was running on the treadmill this morning, I was listening to this new, uh, uh, this new podcast from copyblogger.com. It's one of the podcasts I listen to and it's called internet marketing for smart people, which I really like that. And I had, I've already listened to the few recent episodes. So I went back a few and sure enough, it's an interview with Sonia Simone. It's my first time ever hearing her interviewed. And she says during the podcast, she says, you know, it's funny because, because, uh, you know, I have a website, it's called remarkablecommunication.com, And I haven't written in that in probably six months. And still every single day I have 10 to 20 people go and sign up for my email newsletter. It's just sitting there. It's just sitting there basically. And people are signing up and getting my e-course every single day. And I'm thinking that I'm thinking going, you know, it's so funny because I thought I was one of those just a couple (laughs) weeks ago. I was one of those 10 or 20 people a day that does that. She's a really good writer. And I, it's kind I, I love what she does on copy blogger. And I also love what she does on her own website at remarkablecommunication.com. And so I highly recommend this is, you know, for these picks, I like to share stuff that I'm using, that I'm learning from that I find to be valuable. And this is something that I'm literally finding to be valuable right now. So I, I wish I could just pick Sonia Simone, except I can't really do that. She's a person and you can't go see the person. You have to go to her website. So it's remarkablecommunication.com. Well, that's a remarkable pick. Thank you. Yeah, you were just waiting for <laughs> yeah, me to say that. I was just waiting for that one. Oh, yeah. man. Like the whole it time. It just took away from all the specialness of my pick. You know what? I'm going to have a snide remark after yours. <laughs> good. All good. right. <laughs> all right. What's your pick? All right. Uh, being the, we're in the new year, uh, a, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of people are out there plan, doing a lot of planning, uh, you know, like their resolutions and what, uh, weight loss, stuff like that. Money is always a big one. And, and, you know, f- figuring out uh, your goals, like how much you need for a vacation, stuff like that. Uh, so people are planning those kind of things. And a tool that I started using, uh, well, I signed up for almost three years ago, but didn't really start using till about a year ago, uh, which is mint.com. And mint is a, 
a so, an online so, uh, service. Uh, it's essentially software as service because it's online only. Use your browser. You plug in your accounts, uh, your financial accounts into it. And you set up like you can set up goals and budgets and it shows you these cool graphs because I've never been one of those guys who could sit down and and use uh, uh, Quicken. Yeah. Or yeah. Any any of those uh, uh, software there. It's just like so boring and and or even doing it on paper. I look at that stuff and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm gonna tear my hair out. And. <laughs> But with this, it's like, oh, wow, you know, it's graphs that I can see the whole picture of my of my finances uh, instead of just looking at, uh, you know, trying to look at all the different numbers and then coming it up up with it in my head sort of thing. And they they have great indicators where so if you've set a budget for eating out and. Uh, it, it'll. I, I think it, it essentially goes the bar the, that it starts filling up, and the closer it gets to uh, having zero dollars of uh, left in your that you've allocated for spending on eating out, you know, it goes to red. You know, if you exceed it, so it, I get a text message when I exceed. Yeah, like, yeah. If I exceed a certain area, it sends me a text that says. It says you have now exceeded your budget on blah blah blah, and this is all cool. It's cool. It's free. I yeah, like and, I've used and it. yeah, it, it's and and it is free. And so, how do they make their money? Uh, they make their money through advertising. Mm-hmm. So, so it, they'll what what they're doing is you you essentially give them permission to uh, look at your overall financials uh, and and I don't know how much depth they go into that because most of the recommendations they give me are like. Way off. Way off. Yeah. Uh, but they'll like recommend getting, uh, uh, trying a different insurance and possibly saving money on your in, uh, car insurance or or something. You know, they, they offer these different things. And it's, so it's essentially just advertising, contextual advertising. And I guess it works. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't ever Looked found into the company well, part of it. Or? Well, I've never found out. Oh, I, they yeah. never gave me an ad that I thought, you know, hey, I need to click on this. Yeah, I so, got it. Uh, so I, maybe it works. It has to. Uh, they're still in business after all these years. They got bought. Actually, they got bought by Intuit, the giant, uh, you know, QuickBooks and um, the tax. Quicken and yeah, TurboTax. And- right, TurboTax. And they own all those. So this was just a, a great uh, plug-in to their, to their business. And it is so useful. And... And just easy to deal with. That, that's what that's what I liked about it a lot more. It was not oh I need to input this or input that. It, it's already there from my accounts. The only thing uh, that is an issue is like cash, you know. Right. So so if you if take you spend money cash wise, cash that wise, mm-hmm. that, that's that's the one thing that uh, makes it a little more difficult. Uh, but if you take money out, if you get cash out you, uh, in any form out of your bank account then you just allocate that cash to wherever you essentially spent it. But outside of that, outside of the cash issue, like handling small cash, um, it's it's totally fun and very useful. And one of the best parts is setting goals. Uh, it's a relatively new tool that they came out with last year. And you can say you want to save up for a vacation. Well, how much is uh, how much do you expect the vacation to cost? How long before you go on that vacation? And then it says all well, the uh, and it'll tell you this is how much you need to save every single month, and then it'll track your progress that you're putting money away towards that towards that goal. Love it. Nice, good pick. 
I think that people will find that useful. If, if, they, if you aren't using mint, definitely take a look. It'll be minty fresh. Yeah. Oh, see, you did your own <laughs> remark on your own thing. That's awesome. We wandered all over the place, Tim, and hopefully our listeners got something useful out of this. You know, actually, I felt we weren't actually wondering that much. You know what? We did kind of stay on topic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which was really strange. That reminds me of that time when... No, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. So hopefully you found some information in this episode helpful to you. And in the meantime... Enjoy your foolish adventure. Thanks for listening to Foolish Adventure. If you found this information helpful and want more like it, please visit foolishadventure.com. Do you have specific questions you'd like us to answer? Leave a comment on the website. Who knows? Maybe we'll create a whole show to answer it. Also, we have a voicemail line where you can ask questions. The number is 480-331-4695. 